Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Well, welcome leaders to the Life Group Leader Podcast. So glad that you're joining us today. This is a great time to join together to celebrate what God is doing, to equip you as life group leaders. We're coming off just an incredible season. We're always humbled and amazed about what God is doing in and through his church, in and through you and your leadership. We're coming off of the the back of Easter, which my goodness, uh, without Easter, without the resurrection, then we might as well pack up and go home. We don't have anything without it. That's it. That's it. And so if you're wondering who that great voice is, ladies and gentlemen, who is speaking? Who's that man from the corner? <laughs> it's uh, our senior pastor, Eric Geiger. What's going on? Eric? Man, I you invite me on like once every series kind of kick it off, right? So it works out great that way. I love being able yeah. to speak to our life group leaders. Life group leaders, really thankful for you. Yeah. Without you, we have we do not have the ability to shepherd people as a church without you. So our life groups are how we shepherd many, many people. And you being a life group leader, I mean, you are shepherding people in his name, caring for people, being sure people are connected to Jesus, connected to the vine. I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. So if you're a new life group leader, it might be that you're coming off of leading a group in Rooted, a Rooted group. We're glad that you're joining Yes. We've got new Rooted groups that are that are starting up here real soon too. So this is our rhythm of weekly equipping you along the sermon discussion questions. And we do bring Eric in when we start a new series, which we're doing. I need a miracle. I do. Awesome. I need a miracle. All I need is a miracle. There's a song about that somewhere, I think. I wonder if we should play that. We might should. When we played uh, I Hey Jude at the beginning of uh, the Jude series, yeah, yeah. 98% of the people loved it. They loved it. 2% were like, what is happening? <laughs> why, why are we playing a, a Beatles song? And um, hang with me, hang with me. We're going to be teaching through Jude. That's right. That's right. What an impactful series that was, as this one is going to be as well. But just talk a little bit about the heart behind the series. I mean, coming off of the greatest miracle of all, celebrating mm-hmm. the resurrection of yes. Jesus, and now looking at several of his miracles yes. throughout the gospel. What are we excited for? What are we looking into? Really, when we p- prayed about the whole teaching calendar for 2023, uh, you can see the diet of teaching we've had so far. We started with On the Table and then moved into Holding On, which is a study of the book of Jude. So really, you know, eight weeks on the table, five weeks in Jude, so 13 weeks, I mean, a quarter of the year was, I mean, really some intellectually challenging. You could say we always want to teach for head, heart, and hands. So we want people's hearts to be moved by the grace of Jesus, but we want to be intellectually honest and take people to the scripture that's head. We also want to be practical. Like, what do we do now? What do I do with what I've heard? That's hands. So I, I think as a teacher, often head, heart, hands. But you could say that on the table and holding on the study in Jude, there was some heady stuff in those. I need a miracle as we mapped out the whole teaching calendar calendar for 2023. It's a series that that really is very much heart. Yeah. The heart of what Jesus has accomplished for us the heart of our Heavenly Father for us, and the heart of people that we often do have this sense of, man, I need a miracle. I need Jesus to come through for me. Now, in the series on the table, we talked, we had a whole week on suffering that not always does he do a miracle, but sometimes he does. And so in this teaching series, we're going to see some of the miracles that Jesus performed and then what they mean for us. But it does come off of Easter, which is the miracle of miracles. 
And because of Easter, every other thing's possible. I mean, without Easter, there's nothing possible. But because of Easter, if Jesus can walk out of the tomb, then he, he can intervene on our behalf in other ways as well. So there's really, we'll, we'll see this in week one of the, of the series uh, of the teaching. There's really two different viewpoints that people have about miracles. There's naturalist or supernaturalist. So naturalists believe that miracles are not possible. And supernaturalists believe that, no, miracles are possible, that the supernatural happens. And so you have to just start with the Christian faith is a supernatural faith. And we, we, don't not, we are not Christians without the supernatural. Think about it. God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus enters our world through the womb of a virgin. On the cross, Jesus takes away our sin and our shame. And that's a miracle. Yeah. He walks out of the tomb on the third day. He moves within his people. So, so he gives us his spirit. We're going to rise again and live forever with him. I mean, none of this is natural. It's all supernatural. So, so much of our faith is grounded in supernatural reality. We'll define a miracle in the teaching series that it's God's intervention upon natural laws. So there's natural laws that he set, but because he's God and exists outside of his creation, he can supernaturally intervene. And that's just a normative operation of what we see Jesus doing, how he outworks the kingdom in the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. We often talk about proclamation and demonstration where he's doing both. He's showing, he's telling. Yep. And sometimes you hear these the signs and wonders. Yes. And they're wonders because they're, they, they are caused to make us wonder about what's behind the sign. The sign is, is beautiful yes. just in of itself, but there's more behind the outworking of that. All right. So I think it's really important that you mentioned that term signs. Yeah. So in John's gospel, right, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In John's gospel, he refers to the miracles as signs, or he mentions seven signs. And then in the very last chapter of John's gospel, he says, Jesus performed many other signs, which I guess we wouldn't have enough books in the whole world to record all the signs. But the word sign is important because it wasn't simply Jesus was performing a miracle to show people it's not a party trick how, yeah he wasn't yeah. It's not not magic it, it's it's jesus showing who he is a sign meaning there's something beneath the miracle that that he's showing about himself so i mean just i'm gonna try to be really practical for life group leaders so he heals blind people well what's that show that he can heal us from our spiritual blindness yeah. right he turns water into wine, which will be week two of the series. Um, what does that show? Well, on a surface level, it shows that he can provide, but it also shows because he took these ceremonial cleansing buckets, which would have been, or jars, which would have been purification of the law. Uh, yeah. uh, it would be about the law, and he turns them into wine, which shows that he has come to usher in a new kingdom filled with grace. Wow. So there, he raises Lazarus from the dead. What's that show? He can raise us from the dead and give us everlasting life. So these signs that John in his gospel talks about, to your point, they aren't simply a surface level sign. They're showing us something deeper that he does for his people. That's good. Amazing. So great. Um, that's right. And we can have expectation to hope to believe that he still does that today. Some wonder when we talk about miracles, well, he did that. Does he still do that? He does. Does he still want to do that for me? Today, life group leaders, you might be wondering that yeah. with things that you're carrying, you're, sh you're sh uh, shepherding within your yeah. group, physical elements, relationships that are, are broken. Does God still care? Does he still move? Does he still want to act? He does. 
And I think that what you want to as a life group leader to hold in intention is you'll have people in your group who will perhaps by God's grace, see a miracle. And then you'll have people who don't. Yeah. So how do you, as a, as a leader, how do you shepherd people when you'll have someone in your group who is miraculously healed of cancer and you'll have someone in your group who is not. And so how do you, how do you handle that? Uh, this is, this is what I think we learned from the teaching of miracles throughout scripture. The healing of the cancer is a miracle, but it's not the greatest miracle. Good. Yeah. The greatest miracle is that I'm forgiven of my sins, that Jesus walked out of the tomb, that I'm going to have everlasting life with him. The, the miracle of curing of cancer points to the greater miracle. And the, the miracle of cancer being healed only happens because he's able to work the greater miracle. But we want to be sure we're always celebrating the greater, the greater miracle and not the lesser miracle. So because miracles are him intervening on natural laws and not breaking forever natural laws, even those who are healed eventually still die in this life. So think about Lazarus, right? Jesus raised him from the dead, but then he died. You know, the girl that Jesus raised from the dead, she later died because the natural law in this world of death is still there. Jesus intervened on it, but the natural law is still there. So the person dies again, but in the new heaven and the new earth, that law is no more. The natural laws are completely gone because we now live in a kingdom, not that is subjected to the pain of a broken world, but we live in an, an everlasting kingdom. So the reason I'm sharing that is I think it'd be good to know some language. David Hume was a philosopher in the, in the 1700s, not a Christian. He called himself a naturalist, but some Christians have actually taken his language about miracles. And so I want to give you a little bit of behind the scenes thinking. David Hume said, miracles are breaking natural laws. Two, Natural laws are not broken, therefore there are no miracles. So that's what Hume said. Like, natural laws are never broken, so there's no miracles. Christians have sometimes taken the first part of what he said. Miracles are breaking natural laws, but there are miracles because God breaks natural laws. C.S. Lewis, though, I think has a better definition for miracles. He doesn't use the term breaking natural laws because the natural laws really aren't broken. Just like Lazarus still died because the natural law of death is still there. Mm -hmm. He intervenes on natural law. Makes sense. So he intervenes, raises Lazarus from the dead, but the natural law is still there because Lazarus later dies. It would be like the, I'll use the illustration in the message, um, I think week one. It's like the natural law of gravity. So I'll probably be holding some type of ball on stage, drop the ball. The, the gravity is pulling the ball to the ground but I can intervene and catch the ball. It doesn't mean that gravity is broken. It means that gravity was intervened upon. So a miracle is the supernatural Jesus intervening upon natural laws. So the natural law of our bodies disintegrating over time, he can intervene and bring healing, but the natural law is still there. One day we will die in this world. So it's the lesser miracle. So what do I do as a life group leader? Celebrate when the lesser miracle happens, but the greater miracle is that he's forgiven our sins and that we are with him forever. That's beautiful. And we have a longing for that. We that, long, to, long to see that. That's right. That's great. And which is why during this series uniquely, I think three out of the five weeks, we're going to offer extended prayer after our, after all of our services. We are. And invite people. And we, and, and, and this is what I, what's going to happen. We are, we are going to see some miracles happen. Yeah. How, why do I know that? 
because we see miracles happen regularly in our elder prayer room and all of our congregations, we do. We see people, ha- we see doctors confounded by what happened. And so we're going to see some miracles take place, but not everyone's going to receive a miracle, but everyone who's believed in Jesus has received the ultimate miracle. That's right. And part of my background, this may, I don't want this to sound too much more like a, if I had more time podcast, but it's just fun talking about these things. Uh, when you maybe grew up in a over-realized eschatology or like a hyper-charismatic so you love our care, but for me, yeah. when that didn't happen, it was okay. Well, there's a sin problem, there's a faith problem, right? It's something that's on me that yeah. I couldn't conjure up enough of what I needed to get this miracle. I, I think I think this would be helpful for for group leaders yeah. to evaluate the two extremes. So, like, if you had a, a spectrum, and we we are so thankful for every tribe yeah. Yeah. within the kingdom of God and every type of church, and we have people we speak respectfully because we have people who come from mariners from all different backgrounds, but. You know, if you had like a, a spectrum on one side would be what you just described, which was your upbringing, yeah. which is the miraculous, it's expected to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side is there. there's no more miracles happening, right? They, they, they don't happen at all. And there's really downside of both sides. Mm-hmm. So what you just described is true, where if you grow up in a context where the miracles are almost promised, if it doesn't happen, you feel like you did something wrong, mm-hmm. that there's something missing in you, something lacking in you. The downside of all the way over to the other extreme where there's never talked about a miracle happening is almost a naturalist viewpoint of he never intervenes. He never steps in and catches the dropping ball. You know, He never moves on behalf of his people. So where, where do we want to shepherd people? We want to shepherd people this way. He can. He's the God of of yesterday, today, and forever. He can move on behalf of his people. He doesn't always intervene. We don't fully understand why he does and why he doesn't. Mm. But for those who have believed in him, we have already the better miracle. Because of Easter, we have the better miracle. That's good. And both of those extremes have problems experientially and also biblically. That's true. You're going to walk us through each week. Uh, during this sermon series. But I, yeah, I do believe it. This is going to be a really impactful series for us to walk through with our group, to have this expectation of if God can do anything, but also the substantialness of the maturity of our faith of even when I don't see what yeah. I want to see in the immediacy, I will still trust right. in him because right. the greatest miracles are being achieved through Jesus on the cross. So we're excited for this. As you mentioned, extended prayer is going to be happening three out of five weeks. We've got a rooted launch in here. We've got Mother's Day. We've got an outreach yeah. weekend. Outreach weekend There's in here. Great stuff happening. Mother's Day weekends in here. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a really fun series. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, anything else you want to just encourage us with? Each week, Life Group Leaders tuned into it, right? Because we're going to walk through the specific passage and, yeah. and go through the questions in there. But any final thoughts, Life Group Leaders? If you're a new Life Group Leader, I, I hear almost weekly somebody will stop me and say, hey, thanks for that Life Group Leader podcast. Yeah. It, it's really helpful for me as I prepare. So if you're a new life group leader, I, I do encourage you, you know, while you're on a ride or while you're exercising or while you're commuting, you know, to spend a couple of moments, it will just help you be able to think through your group time, knowing um, how to how to give you some handles on how to talk about what we're what we're talking about. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. We want to equip you guys because as we said, you're doing it. We couldn't do it without you. We need every single one of them. Absolutely. But man, God's doing great things and it's not independent 
of what you're doing on the ground week in and week out with those that you care for. So we're excited for the series. Thanks, Eric, for leading us through it again. Thanks, JT. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Group leaders, look forward to connecting with you week in and week out on this great resource for you.